We are back again for the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. And I've got a special guest coming on to today's show for some time. I've been reading this man's work. In fact, if you want to get a chance to check out what he's doing at Lakerholics.net, plus also as well, he's got an awesome article on the Lakers for all you Lakers fans out there answering, well, you know, his opinion on many of the questions that you know, a lot of us Laker fans have coming over the, the rest of the season. And you're going to check that out at medium.com or his site, Lakerholics.net. It's a pleasure to have him on today's show, Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Gerald. How are you doing? Oh, I'm telling you what, I'm excited for the upcoming season. First time in a long time since what? The last time Dwight Howard was on the team, I think that's the last time any of us had any real excitement for the Lakers. But as a diehard Lakers fan, how good does it feel to see a team that we can put out there that can compete with the NBA's best? Well, it's really a thrill. I mean, we've gone through six really tough years and uh, you try to be as optimistic as you can at the start of each one of those years. But especially in the last couple of years where we definitely were in a rebuilding mode and and, uh, even the uh, most glass half full person couldn't say we were competing for championships. I think this year, that's a whole different story. I think there are a lot of, of real positives that have happened. I'm amazed at the uh, at the difference from six months ago, how we've totally turned things around. Uh, you don't hear any more of the talk about the, the dysfunction in the front office, the coaching issues and so forth. I've loved everything I've heard so far in camp. I'm a big fan of Frank Bogle. I think that uh, sometimes you're better to be lucky than smart in a coaching situation. And and Bogle is the perfect match for Anthony Davis going forward, whereas Ty Lue might have been the best option for LeBron James. But uh, I think Polinka has done a great job in, in getting us turned around, getting this, the franchise stabilized, making the right choices for the coaching situation, and definitely doing a great job uh, pivoting when we didn't get Kawhi. To, to really put in a great roster. The Dwight Howard thing, obviously, for Laker fans is the uh, – it's hard, it's hard to even say it, to be honest with you, but I'm actually rooting for Dwight now, and I never thought I'd ever say that again. Well, let's hope he gets a couple dunks that will just wash away those bad feelings that everybody has. Yep. Well, I want to go back to first into your background with the Lakers. I've shared my experience and, and how my love came about well, I was born in Inglewood, California, in a hospital that is, well, was a couple blocks away from the Los Angeles Forum, which no longer exists. So just my destiny, so to speak, to love the Lakers. I've already given that elongated story on our first podcast, but I want to hear from you, Laker Tom, since, uh, you know, reading through for the past few weeks, your stuff that you've been putting out there, your articles, your words of encouragement for the Lakers team, how did it come to be that the Lakers would be something that you would just so cherish and love so much? It's actually kind of ironic. I wasn't a Laker fan to start off with. I, I actually was a fan of a player, Wilt Chamberlain. So I was a, you know, I was a Philadelphia fan at the beginning. And then, and then when he was traded to, uh, to San Francisco, I was a San Francisco fan. And then fortunately he got traded to the Lakers. At that point in time, you know, I was uh uh, a big, uh, I lived in Southern California. I live in Northern California now, but I grew up in Southern California and, and listened to Chick Hearn every single game, you know, and I was a huge Chick Hearn fan, even though I wasn't a Laker fan. KHJ um, TV yeah, channel you nine. Just, you just had to admire you know, that. And then 
UCLA and the Bruins and, you know, Dick Enberg and that whole thing. So I grew up in that. When they got when they got wealth, it was the perfect match for me. I oh, became a Laker fan, and I've never changed that through all of the tough years and the good years. I've personally seen so many championships and such. I've lived the Lakers' exceptionalism throughout my career. I would say most of, most of the people on my blog and most of the people who know me think I'm a three-quarters glass full guy rather than just even half full. You know, you look at the history of the Lakers, you got a good reason to feel that way. And uh, and this year now, for the first time in seven years, I think we're back in that position where we really can't expect things to go. Absolutely. I, I can't fault you at all because Will Chamberlain is one of the most dominant forces ever to play the game of basketball. I mean, some of his records, some of the things that he did over the course of his career uh, cannot be understated. I mean, I could go on and on and on about, you know, averaging 50 points in a year, 100-point yeah. game. When somebody was criticizing about his assists, he just went out and led the league in assists. Yep. You know, obviously his rebounding, well above 15 rebounds a game for most years. So, I mean, there's just – the list goes on and on about how dominant uh, a player he was at that time. So I can't fault you for – for admiring a player like that so much. And as I was mentioning, KHJ, I mean, I still have it buzzing in my head, the, the song, you know, na, 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 yeah. na, 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 You know, I remember that theme song so much in my head when I was when I was a young child watching the game or listening it on, on radio as well. So with Chick Hearn, of course, on the simulcast back when they did simulcast. So those days are, are definitely uh, uh, very fond for both of us, it sounds like. And I'm just uh, truly happy that you seem invigorated and motivated what's to come with the Lakers season. Training camp has started. Everybody has seemed to got on a straight face as far as very serious. And you talked about Frank Bogle and the coaching staff going ahead and putting the team through very rigorous training right now, heading into the first game coming up this Saturday against Golden State. I want to ask you this. You said Frank Bogle is, well, in your opinion, the right man for the job. I think he's a good solid hire as well. But I'm kind of curious with the way that the team and the coaching staff was structured with Lionel Hollins and Jason Kidd right behind him as associate head coaches. So I want to ask you, do you think this might create an air of uncomfortability? Because these are not coaches that he chose. They're coaches that were chosen for him. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. I think it was almost in my mind fortunate that Tyrone Liu wanted to have a five-year contract. In other words, he wanted a contract that went on beyond LeBron James' contract. And that was serendipity for the Lakers, in my opinion, because while I respect Ty, I didn't want to see a repeat of the same types of offensive and defensive philosophies that we'd seen from the Cavaliers. And I think that with Anthony Davis coming aboard, Vogel is the perfect choice. Now, the construction of the team, I find it interesting contrast because some of the things that really worked against Luke Walton was his refusal to adopt and bring in more veteran coaches aside him. I don't know whether it was fear that they would take his job or or just a desire to sort of surround himself with the uh, University of Arizona cronies. But I think that Vogel is a strong enough head coach. And, and one of the things that people should recognize is that while Jason Kidd and Lionel Hollins were both veteran coaches with, let's say, a mixed history as far as their success in the league. They both also were all NBA players as far as defense goes, and they both were superb defenders. So it, I think that that's part of what you see with Vogel 
he's a guy who basically is not afraid to make the final decision, but he's always going to ask his, uh, his staff what they think they could do. And then the other thing that Luke Walton refused to do was to expand the coaching staff and, and bring in uh, a shooting coach. This has been something I've been harping on for years. And these are the areas where we can spend as much money as we want. We can use our big revenue and we don't have any limitations from the CBA or anything to prevent us from doing that. So it's silly not to go in and bring a shooting coach in, especially when we were the second worst three-point shooting team in the league. So I think that hiring Penberthy is great. And, and all of the moves that they've made, Phil Handy is just terrific as far as teaching guys how to do things by showing them exactly how to do it. So I'm, I'm really high on the coaching staff. And I, and I think also that you got a lot of players who could be in conflict fighting for starting positions. You've got coaches who want to be head coaches that are sitting there. But I think what you've got in, in contrast is a veteran team, a veteran roster with veteran coaches who, if they can all get on the same page, and I think this is one of the things that's the biggest accomplishment that, that Rob Palenka has done. He's got the entire franchise on the same page, working in the same direction with the same vision of what kind of team we're going to build, which is a defensive-oriented team that is going to be able to be dominate people at both ends of the court. So I'm, I'm not worried at all about Jason Kidd or uh, Lionel Hollins undermining Frank Vogel. I think Vogel is uh, smart and strong enough, and I think as we see the season goes, he's going to develop such a strong following and, and, and support from the fan base as well as the ownership that everything will be kept in line. And I think one of the things you see is the, as a reflection of this whole sort of feeling of everybody on the same page is Dwight Howard. I mean, the simple fact that we can be sitting here rooting for and discussing Howard and hearing that he's like one of the stars of the first few days of, of camp from everybody, including Anthony Davis, speaking out. Guys like Avery Bradley, who, you know, I can remember how tough of a defender he was, how persistent he was as a defender on the ball with the Celtics. And and from everything we hear now coming out of camp, he's gotten that Celtics mojo back on his in his game. And he's really, I mean, Vogel's telling guys, just pass the ball if he's on you. Don't even try to dribble around the guy. So these are all signs, I think, that every team starts off the season undefeated at this point in time. They have an equal shot at the championship. They've all got their dreams of parades and all of this stuff. But the Lakers... I haven't heard anything like this come out of us in seven years that I could really believe was as much fact than hype. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm talking to Tom Wong. He is at Laker Tom on Twitter. Plus, you can check out all the great things that he's doing at Lakerholics.net and his awesome article, let's say a magnum opus, you can find for the Lakers season upcoming at medium.com or again at Lakerholics.net. Well, Tom, let's talk about the season. I know you had said in your opus that you didn't want to go ahead and say exactly how far 
the you think the Lakers are going to go ultimately. And, you know, you, you don't want to go ahead that far in advance because, you know, there could be a myriad of things with injuries and things of that nature during the course of the NBA season. But I want to ask you, as someone who looks very fondly of right now what the Lakers are doing, what at least do you see as far as the start of the season? Because the schedule seems to line up very favorably for the team, and at least for the first couple months could be something that, as a way to get the team together, could be something that could really benefit the Laker fans as well. It was interesting listening to Frank Vogel because he was saying that this is a new team. Guys got to learn each other. They got to learn a whole new system. There's nine new players. And so you're going to expect those road bumps that come along with, with trying to develop chemistry of the team and trying to get everybody working on the same page. But at the same token, he's also saying that he's never had a group of guys as far as him being a coach where everybody picked up everything so quickly and the veterans all helping each other and everybody everybody working together as a team and almost almost a sense that you get that we're going to see a lot of guys play. You know, I think we're going to see 10, 11 guys regularly play and probably 13 of them play just depending on the matchups. Frank's got a lot of talent on that lineup. The big catch is we got to stay healthy. Losing DeMarcus Cousins, I think was a big hit, but at the same time that opened the door for Dwight Howard. So, uh, and I also, I like what the Lakers are doing in trying to keep the cousins on the roster. If they can sign him, let's say next summer on a two year contract, they'll earn his bird rights. They'll have three years in you know, Laker uniform and they'll have his bird rights going forward. And there's not a better center in the league to fit perfectly with Anthony Davis than Boogie Cousins. I think people don't realize that Cousins wasn't the bang down low center with the Pelicans when they were really successful. It was really more a case that he's a stretch five. And he was on pace before he got injured to shoot over 500 three-point shots, which is exactly what Brooke Lopez did in his breakout season for Milwaukee, which really is something that turned that whole franchise around. So I think the Lakers' investment in Boogie going forward is great. Getting back to your question about the start of the season, I think we've got an easy schedule. I think we've got – I wish Kuzma was not injured. Um, that's the other thing that just, you know, you just don't want to see these injuries start to pile up like the plague we had last year. I'm also a Yankee fan. There's no Yankee Tom, but if we had injuries like the Yankees did this year, we'll never be able to survive. So, this is true. This is true. But they're going to hit a lot of home runs in the postseason. Yeah, right? that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. So anyway, I, I think that we're going to get off to a great start. And I think that depending on how much load management we do, I think that we will. I think our main goal is to be healthy going into the playoffs, to have everybody healthy going into the playoffs, regardless of what seed we are. But I don't think they're going to ignore the opportunity to get a home field advantage or home court advantage. And I think that they'll be pushing especially if the Clip, if the clippers get off to a slow start because george is not in there for the first month or so and uh and then Kawhi, you know it's funny everybody says that the lakers should worry about injuries just because of lebron's age and the fact that he had that one injury last year and 80 constantly has a little nagging injuries that miss a game here and there but the truth of the matter is that the clippers have two superstars who are really going to have to be load managed in order to get through the season healthy so I think the Lakers have a lot of advantages. It's a veteran squad, though, and you have more injuries. But, you know, we had that young squad, and they couldn't keep themselves healthy either. So it, it's, you know, it's just it's just the luck of the draw. Sometimes you're lucky and sometimes you're not. Well, I'll tell you this, my friend. I'm here in Vegas, 
And I'm still waiting for Vegas to put the prop bets up as far as for MVP, because they already have on most of the major players are there. You can get some good odds on LeBron, AD, Nikola Jokic. You know, you can get obviously great odds on Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo and all that. I'm still hoping for some good odds on what I think will be the MVP of the season, and that will be Mr. Load Management. Uh, If not, (laughs) General Soreness, you know, or Major Pains, you know, something like that. But, you know, it's funny because that's going to be a major key is now that Toronto built the template for load management. Actually, it goes back to Popovich in San Antonio. Now that the template pretty much has been set for that type of deal, we're going to see how it dictates throughout the season exactly who's going to load manage who, when, and how will it affect the overall team performance as far as where they stand record-wise with teams like the Clippers, the Lakers, and pretty much Every team in the NBA with superstars that have even any inkling of getting you know, tired, getting hurt, anything of that nature. So you're going to see a lot of that, unfortunately, this season because, again, the template's been set with what Toronto did. The template was set with what San Antonio did. And, you know, if, if you have them out enough games, you might just go ahead and keep them fresh for the playoffs, which is what you want. But I think in the West, where it's so loaded – where there's so many teams vying for your spot. I count actually 10, possibly even 11 teams for those eight spots. I mean, that could possibly be a very good contender. And for the NBA championship just coming out of the West, there could be six or possibly even seven teams, you could say, be a viable contender for the championship. So it's very hotly contested. And whoever's going to play that chess game of load management and arrest your players very strategically, how well they'll do it is going to make a a big factor as far as where these teams will fall in. I think the Lakers hopefully will be able to go ahead and manage that well. Again, it's all based on injuries, and and hopefully those injuries will not come to a head for us. And I'm hoping for a a good season for the Lakers as far as it's concerned. But I want to ask you one last question before we go, Tom, and that is this. I mean, we obviously know AD, Anthony Davis, is going to be a key to the Lakers season. We obviously know LeBron as well is going to be a big key. You know, will Father Time actually go ahead and tap him on the shoulder? I don't think so. I think he's got at least one year at a high level left. I think he's very motivated going into the season. But I want to ask you this. For the Lakers, who's going to be that third key, in your opinion, that number three person that's going to be able to go ahead and help the Lakers push them over the top? Is it a Kuzma? Is it a Danny Green? Is it Avery Bradley, who's been doing so well in training camp, or is it someone else? That's a tough question, Gerald. I'm going to go with a really wild, crazy guess here. I think it's going to be Dwight Howard. I think if Howard can play anywhere near close to what the three times that he won Defensive Player of the Year, it's going to make such a dramatic difference in the Lakers. And that's no disrespect to JaVale McGee, who I think, when healthy, has done a terrific job. But just like Rondo hunts assists, JaVale hunts blocks. And very often he's not in the best position to rebound or to pay good position defense. Howard looks like he's lost a lot of weight and looks in terrific shape. I think the point that Rob Palenka made, that he put his money where his mouth was by taking this non-guaranteed contract where the Lakers can essentially cut him and, and stop paying him anything at all by December 15th. So my hope is that Howard can take and hold down that, that starting center position, at least till the playoffs, when I, when I think then there's a good chance that 
Kuzma will move into the lineup instead, and they'll go with with AD at center in the playoffs to really finish things off. And that's the other reason why it's it's the second season load management thing is so important because the whole goal for the year is basically to keep AD healthy and ready to go so that he can play the best position that he plays, which is undoubtedly being the center. I hope you can tell him that personally because you know his thoughts on that. When you go into one of your first press conferences mm-hmm. and say you don't want to play center, that's not a good sign, even though you and I both know as a small ball center, you know, I put that in quotations, at 6'10", to do everything that he does and to be the player that he is, he makes a perfect fit for that type of offense. And LeBron doesn't want to play the four. But guess yeah. who is the best option at four? LeBron. So you've got a five that doesn't want to play the five. You've got a four that doesn't want to play the four. But I think, like you said, if it comes down to it and the Lakers, out of necessity in the playoffs, for matchup sake, are going to have to go ahead. And I think both those players will see the light and we'll go ahead and, and see the reality of what they're going to be able to go ahead and do and have to play the four and five if needed, which I think, like, I agree with you, Tom. I think it's going to be something that they're going to have to do because in those crucial moments, you're not going to have Dwight or JaVale out there at your center position. You're really going to have to have your best foot forward and the best five does not include them per se in the crunch time, in the minutes that are needed. It's people who can hit you free throws, who can hit you big shots, I think it's going to be needed where AD is going to have to play the five and LeBron's going to have to play the four. So I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I'm, I'm hoping for that type of scenario. I think the Lakers can make a big imprint, health permitting, into the Western Conference. I see a lot of good things for them if they go ahead and, again, like you said, come together as a team and just stay healthy and be able to effectively navigate their way through the NBA season. Well, before we head on out, Laker Tom, I got to ask you, tell us about everything that's going on today with what you're doing, Lakerholics.net, your medium.com article, or anything you want to talk about as far as your Twitter account. And how can people go ahead and follow the world of Laker Tom? Well, Lakerholics.net is in existence since 2012. We're actually in the process now of revamping the entire site and expanding it out. It has a blog element that really dominates most of the site, and that's the reason why the medium articles are being written in another site. So we're going to pull all of that together. We're hoping to have that ready by the start of the season with brand new graphics and lots of expanded links to all of the key statistical sections and so forth, and a couple of new writers coming aboard. So we're hoping to see a lot more activity on that. You can also follow me at LakerTom on Twitter and at Laker Tom on Medium. I'll continue to write the articles on Medium. We've had several articles that have had thousands of readers on Medium, so it's it's just an easy, easy place to, to write without having to worry about the formatting and things of that nature. I think the one last thing I'd like to throw off is that that lineup that we're talking about for the playoffs, that's our death lineup. And, and it's definitely going to be something that, and, and, and Anthony Davis has said in several other articles that, all of his comments were really meant for the regular season. He understands in the playoffs that he's the five. I'm hoping that's the case, and I, I'm glad that he's going to realize that, and I think you're right. That is a death lineup, quote-unquote, using the Golden State vernacular there. I think having him at the five, LeBron at the four, Kuzma at the three, obviously Danny Green at the two, and then maybe A.B. Bradley for defensive purposes at the one, maybe Iguodala 
That would be great. That would be great bringing him in or whoever is available on the trade or buyout market come February, that type of deal. I'm hoping for some good things going forward for the Los Angeles Lakers, and I know you are as well. Well, Laker Tom, it's just been great having you on the show. I want to actually go ahead and extend the invitation a little bit more over the course of the season, whenever it's convenient for you. And if you want to come back as much as you want, anytime you want, you're more than welcome to stop by the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Gerald, I appreciate it. Before I got online here, I went and listened to a bunch of your podcasts and different venues other than the Lakers and well done and well organized. And I think it leads to a good conversation and I'd love to be back again. Absolutely. I Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm very honored that you did. Again, for me, it's Gerald Glassford. You can talk to me at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. You can always reach out to us on email, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Actually, I'm talking to Anchor right now to see if we can expedite getting this show on all the major formats and getting that expedited. So I am aware that we're going to go ahead and try and get that even faster to you and even better ways to get you on so many different platforms. But if you want to hear all the episodes of the Lakers Fast Break podcast for now, you can also not only hear them on Anchor and Spotify, but you can also hear them on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, and that's available everywhere you can get your podcast. So if you go to Pop Culture Cosmos, which is the shows I do also during the week, you can get all those shows until it goes worldwide on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and all that other stuff. Then it's going to stay on its own. But I just wanted to give everybody a heads up there because I got those questions. So again, you can check out the Lakers Fast Break on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel or right here, Lakers Fast Break on Anchor and Spotify. Laker Tom, once again, great to have you on the show. I'm going to get you back on continuously over the course of the season right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.